back to another episode of the Mad Sports Fans Podcast. We are back for episode four, and we have a little change in our lineup. Cameron couldn't be with us today, Smithy. Uh, apparently, he's doing very well for himself, Nev. Uh, he was, wasn't sure if he was going to make it back in after a day out on the boat for Christmas, so they might have been staying on the boat. I don't know about you, but the sorts of boats I go out on, you can't sleep overnight, Nev. Uh, mate, what, what's going on with Smithy? Oh, mate, he, when he does stuff like this, he's your mate. You know, just because both your parents are doctors doesn't mean you can spend Christmas night on the boat. Gee. Doing very well for himself, or his parents are at least, and he's just living the high life off their coattails. <laughs> Look, we've ex- spared no expense in finding a replacement for Smithy. We've scoured the country, <laughs> and we've ended up for- finding someone up in the Northern Territory, a good mate of mine from up there. He uh, runs his own podcast, the Match Review Committee on Facebook, and other great sports uh, podcast also TMRC underscore podcast on Instagram is none other than uh, Jake Barnes. Jake, welcome to the Mad Sports Fans. Oh, mate, thanks. Uh, pleasure, pleasure for getting me on. Um, you know, big call up in episode three. I thought I might have been on episode one, but I won't. I won't hold that against you. I guess you can't. You can't start with the, with the big bang, can you? I won't disappoint you and remind you that it's episode four, not three. But that's all right. We go weekly, you've punched out about four in a week <laughs> Yeah, look, we, we, did, we did try episode one and two to get Mal Barnes on Episode three we went for big sexy Aaron Barnes And episode four, here you are You should have seen Christmas Day yesterday with the two of them I don't reckon. I don't reckon they'd be good for a podcast today, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it, good to see they're still true to form uh, boys, uh, we spoke of your socials before, Jake. Of course, ours are TMSF Pod on Instagram and on Facebook. So for those who are listening for the first time, jump on there, give it a like. There's some extra content that goes up there as well. We're going to kick it off with a bit of a different one today. Uh, I know, Jake, you and I were both uh, sober yesterday, so this will probably mm-hmm. hit home very key in the evening point of yesterday. Sport on Christmas Day. Now, the Americans do it. We've all got our, our sport tuned in at the moment. The NFL's on. The NBA's on. Christmas Day in Australia is a, is a real punish for mine when it comes to being a sports fan because not only do we not do sport on Christmas Day, the Americans don't do it on Christmas Eve, so there's nothing hanging over into our Christmas Day. So should we have Big Bash, NBL or A-League, they're the main sports running through summer, played on Christmas Day? Never. I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, 100% Christmas Day and sport. It doesn't get much of a better combination than that. Add in a little bit of Christmas ham, sit up with a beer. Oh, geez, that'd be the best thing since sliced bread, I reckon. What are your thoughts? So a few of the arguments against it are obviously talking around the fact of, oh, you know, you wouldn't get crowds because everyone's going to be half cut sitting on the couch in a comatose condition in their underpants. Um, alternatively, like the consideration of the players. What are, what, are, what are our thoughts there, Jake? I might throw to you on that. I, I don't know. I'm a bit impartial to it, eh? Like, I, 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 without sport on Christmas Day here and you're just doing your family thing and all that, I'm all right with. But then I went to America a few years ago and we actually flew out on, like, the 23rd. So we were in uh, New York for Christy Day and we went to the, the basketball on Christy Day in, in Madison Square Garden and watched the Knicks play someone. Um, and it was actually pretty cool. Like, I was like, how good was this? Like, we got up, had Chrissy, like, had a good Chrissy brekkie at, like, a diner and all that big thing, went down to Madison Square Garden, and that was actually pretty pretty sweet, hey? But then I guess you got to put yourself in the in the shoes of being an athlete. Like, would you be willing to give up your Chrissy day to to go and play your sport and not hang with your family and that sort of thing? I, I don't know. Like, I'm pretty impartial to it, I guess. Um, I can see the benefits and, yeah. and probably the negative, but... 
Um, I don't mind if we just if we smash Chrissy Eve and then smash the boxing day as we normally do. Like I'm I'm all right with that. I think. Mate, you're a podcaster too, referee. So asking us to put ourselves in the shoes of athletes is, is a big step. But um, <laughs> well, I'm not much of an especially with a frame like ours. Yeah, exactly, mate. <laughs> um, but, far behind me. <laughs> look, look, I, I can see both sides. My argument or counter to that is, you know, the Boxing Day test. For years, they've spent time away from their families or had their families away for Christmas. I, I think the solution is if you are going to have sport on Christmas Day, it's probably in Australia. It's got to be in the evening first of all because it's bloody hot. Uh, second mm. of all. If it's going to be the NBL, it's got to be, you know, Melbourne v. Melbourne, Sydney versus Illawarra. And the same, you know, the cricket, like, the Sydney smashes today. Like, imagine if that had been, make it a little bit later, even on Christmas Day, you get away with it, like, 7.45 kickoff. Yeah. Like, it's then, you know, beamed into the other states. You know, it's quarter past six for you blokes up in Darwin. It's, uh, you know, 4.45 in the afternoon for the guys over in Perth. It's, it's a really good time slot. And I don't know about anyone else. I'd, I'd be dragging myself there, you know, geez. Yeah, a couple, two out of three of us on this podcast didn't have too many beers tomorrow, so that were in decent enough condition to record a podcast today. So if it meant I could go to a live game of sport, I'd be there. Like, um, yeah, no, I, that would be three out of three. I didn't have a beer yesterday either. Geez, you're just you're just dusty from life, mate. <laughs> too much Christmas ham. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Look, I, I can I can see both sides of it. I think it's only a matter of time. And the other interesting argument is I actually saw something the other day back in the seventies. There was a Test cricket, they used to have reserve days and play through because of weather. They actually played on Christmas Day in the 70s. There was a test series here. So we can't say it'll be the first time it's been done. Uh, it's been done before. I, I think I think it's only a matter of time before someone tries it. It's pretty much the only day left in the year. Good Friday was left by a number of sports in the league and the AFL have, have broken into there. So, you know, it's it's an interesting one. And, and the other thing is we're becoming more multiculturally diverse too, I suppose. So, you know, there's... Not everyone celebrates Christmas. Yeah, ex- like, yeah, and people like, celebrate like, it very differently too to what they like, might have done in the eighties and nineties. I reckon, Jake. You know, like those days, it was very traditional family. I know I've got a lot of people that are in, like, you know, in my circles that go and catch up with friends because they don't necessarily have you know large family, and especially in these COVID yeah, times yeah. down here, not too bad for you guys with your zero cases. What a life! Uh, but you know, <laughs> everyone's in isolation anyway, so you know they can't catch up and different things. So, oh, well, the ones that can get out, go go to the cricket, and the ones that can't, chuck the telly on. <laughs> Fair, fair. But yeah, speaking speaking of the cricket, uh, we might move across and we'll have a bit of a look at the big bash. And, and Nev, I know you've done all your homework. You've got all your stats and data ready to go here, mate. So give, give me the takeaways. The last three the last three days leading into Christmas, we had the, the Renegades Scorchers, the Strikers and the Heat and the Hurricanes and the Stars. What were your key takeaways from, from each of those games? Uh, just my key takeaway, um, Finch and Madison, absolutely teeing off for the Renegades. It's the first time we've seen their batting lineup go off this season, and you know they, they lost uh, they lost a wicket very early for a duck, but you know the 130 run partnership for the current captain and the former captain in Finch's first game back that's just absolutely unreal. Yeah, it was it was a good performance. Actually, the record partnership for the Renegades, uh, highest anyone's ever peeled off in their history. Which, you know, considering they've probably only had the one good season, isn't that astounding? But yeah, I, I was quite impressed with that. Um, and yeah, obviously, Mark, the big Bison in that game as well, just absolutely on fire. That bloke has got to be the form white ball player in the world at the moment. I would have thought. Yeah, that's a, definitely a fair shout, mate. And what about you, Jake? Any, anything you've taken away from the last few games? Obviously, there's been some some big performances. The Hurricanes finally found some form, which is probably a key one. Yeah, I've been I've been pretty slack on the big bash in the last few days. I know um, Hangley 
hang me up and crucify me, but <laughs> I've been uh, I've been very slack on the big bash, and I don't know if it's because I've just been so into into the ashes and just what's going on there and a few other bits and pieces. But I'm normally pretty much every day watch the big bash, and I I reckon I've watched about four games. I, don't, I did see that I did see that Mitch Marsh was doing some things the other day. I don't know how how far away that was, and they're they're playing the Renegades, aren't they? So yeah, they they will be again, but they played him the other day, and he peeled off an eighty odd, and yeah, he's he's yeah. turned up. He's been just smacking runs for fun. So um, the other one that stood out for me, and Nev, I don't know if you caught much of the Hurricanes Stars game. Benny McDermott at the top of the innings, moving him up the up there, pushing short down. All of a sudden, the Hurricanes look like a very different team with with Wade and McDermott opening up. Oh, it was unreal, McDermott getting a twenty eight ball fifty. After the, his first time moving up the order, it, it certainly cements his spot there for the rest of the season. Yeah, it certainly livens up that hurricane. I know Smithy, Smithy's real big on him, and, and I'm quite a fan of what they might uh, have to offer if they could figure it out. Darcy Short just hasn't been the player he was. He's looking more dangerous with the ball than with the bat, which is uh, saying a little something. Um, and then, obviously, we had the strikers in the Heat game as well, which uh, uh, big du- the, the Pom Ducket for the Heat was strong, and uh, the Heat bowlers really stood up to, to restrict the strikers. And... They're sort of a, a bit of an enigma. The heat, you can't really exactly predict where they're going to land. Like, you know, they'll turn up one day and just turn out an absolute 11 man trite performance, and then a few blokes stand up. I still think they're a bit light on with batting. Like, they really only have sort of two or three blokes there, and they need two of them to fire. And Linney obviously hasn't done too much yet, Nev. So um, I don't know whether we, we've seen the, the best of Linney go past, or do you think we'll see him fire in the back end of the tournament? Oh, I'd like to see him fire. It was pretty disappointing. I know you'd like to. I know you'd like, to, I know you'd like to see him fire, mate. Everyone would like to see him fire. I said, "Is he going to fire? Put your balls on the line. Get off the fence." No, I don't think he is. Beautiful. I'm so gonna be bold. You, you're going to be he's just. He, you're going to be. He's had a few quiet years, Linning. He's he's done. Yeah, he's got he's, he's got a worse hairline than you, Barnsley. That's that's. Uh, uh, and that's, and it's not even not even like a close race. I think it's just definitely got me there. Eight, he's um best days are behind him, old Linning. I think he's just. He set that world on fire for a year or two there and, you know, doesn't have him anymore. It's getting a bit old. Needs to read the writing on the wall, mate. Uh, when your best is behind, you jump the fence uh, and take over the clipboard, right? Maybe start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Coaching and podcasting, what a combo. <laughs> That's it, mate. I can't, wait, I can't wait to actually hear the match review committee and uh, how they take apart Litchfield games during the year. That's going to be excellent. Uh, we definitely won't comment on the Litchfield Bears games. <laughs> There'll be there'll be no discussing why coaching uh, techniques or performances. Will there be any critiquing of the uh, B grade coaches? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so let's have a look at the games that are coming up. We've got double headers the next two days in the Big Bash. Uh, big one this afternoon, Nevy. You versus me. Thunder versus the Sixers. Oh, that's the other way around. That's me versus you over at the. Uh, at the uh, Thunder Stadium, the Sydney Sports Ground. This is going to be an interesting one. Thunder starting to find some form. The Sixers, uh, mate, a good good pickup too this week for the Sixers. Shadab Khan as well to come in for Tommy Curran. Yeah, that's a very, very good replacement. Um, I still think we'll be too good for you this afternoon, mate, unfortunately. It's the first time you've ever been too good for me, mate. <laughs> oh, we know where our, our allegiance is standing on this one. What, what are your thoughts? I know you haven't been uh, watching it diligently, Jake, but uh, mm-hmm. who's going to win the Sydney Smash? Will it be the Thunder at home or are the Sixers just too strong? I mean, they, they are flying high at the moment, sitting at the top of the ladder. I think the Sixers will definitely take some beating. So that's my uh, that's my statement there. 
Yeah, lovely. I, I'm I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be a battle of the Poms. Vince and Hales will be the stars of this one. So watch for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one tonight, which will be a repeat of the game from a few days ago, it will be nine fifteen at night. So it'll uh, keep the East Coasters up till about midnight to kick on with the uh, the absolute festival of sportsmas that's going on today. Uh, the Scorchers <laughs> and the Renegades. The Renegades ran them close too, but can they do it again, Nev? Or are we just going to see the Scorchers? Absolutely obliterate them this time. Uh, remembering that this is being played, it's a, the Perth home game in inverted commas, but it's at Docklands because obviously Mark McGowan's a tool and won't let anyone back into WA. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see the Scorchers losing again, mate. As, as much as it was close the other day, you know, when they're big guns firing hang on, with hang the on. Bat- What do you mean losing again? They're undefeated. Oh, yeah, winning again. I can't see them losing, I mean. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if their big guns are firing, mate, they'll, they'll, they'll take a lot of beating. So I can't see the Renegades doing it. Yeah, look, I, I think they're just too stacked, even with Finch and Madison. I think it was sort of, you know, a perfect storm the other day where they both fired and the Scorchers just bat and bowl so deep. And, you know, look, they weren't all at their best. There was a couple of key players. But, yeah, it's um, it's a pretty stacked lineup over there in the West, Barnsley. Yeah, mate. I think, well, even, you know, Mitch Marsh is the world's most critiqued, Australia's most critiqued 2020 player. Um, and he's kind of come back from the, the World Cup there, obviously, with his confidence up. And he's had those two big scores there. And he's he's looking like he's seeing the ball like a beach ball. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Scorchers. And Scorchers, traditionally, they go all right in the big bash. Um, when they're up and about, they're up and about. And like you said about Finchie and the Renegade, Finchie's pretty hit and miss these days. He's either rocks or diamonds. I don't know if he can back up two big performances in a row. So. Sounds, I think the biggest like takeaway is, I think the, the biggest takeaway is that the Renegades, how they played the other night, that almost seems like they're ceiling. I don't know how much further up they're going to go than that. Sorry to paraphrase you, Macca. No, that's, all right. that's all right, mate. I know, I know exactly what you mean. I think you know the only thing that you can see that would improve the Renegades would be, and disappointing that he's not back in for this game, is uh, the, the bigger Marsh brother, Sean, coming back into their squad. But mm-hmm. they're still without him. I mean, he would add some... They really struggled in the middle order once that partnership was broken. They've got a lot of young, inexperienced guys throughout that team, so... That's where they're, just, they're really challenged. And, um, yeah, it would take big knocks from Finch and Maddinson and a few other things to go their way. It's kind of one of those, you know, it's the, it's the 10 leg, you know, three, every leg's a $3 shot multi coming together sort of thing. And, you know, if it all does come together, well, sure, there's a chance they win. There's always a chance, you know. You only need to go back a few decades to, you know, the great Rocky Balboa knocking over Ivan Drago. There's always a chance. Uh, that was so was just- that only was just the other day, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was the anniversary <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Nothing so, on sports bet. Yeah, exactly right. That's what uh, prompted that one. Um, you know I love a multi anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, a, uh, you're a bookmaker's dream, you are, Nathan Everly. <laughs> you do realise that they're not, ta- they're, they're not charities you can write off in your tax return, right? Oh, well, they should be for the amount I lose. You wouldn't pay a cent. <laughs> you wouldn't pay a cent. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so that, that's the um, the games for the 26th. We'll jump over to the 27th. Uh, the Hurricanes and the Strikers. This is an interesting one. The Strikers, look, geez, they can claim a bash boost point, but they're not doing too much else. The Hurricanes have started to find some form. If they can continue that form line on. And the craziness of this is the Hurricanes were absolutely out of form and out of sorts until that last win. Now they're coming third. <laughs> Goes to show how just how close the competition is on points and that, except that the, except, big bash I was point. Say, except the top two. Mm-hmm. Except the top yeah. two, they're miles clear. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's only three points separating third and seventh. Um, and, and to put it in perspective, the Renegades, again, equally tripe, and two wins would see them jump up into the top four. 
they, they may not get two wins in the rest of the season. But yeah, so back to the Hurricanes and the Strikers. I just think with the, the realignment of their batting lineup, they've found the secret sauce, uh, taking the pressure off Darcy Short. So yeah, like I'm on the Hurricanes wagon. I think the Strikers. They were smart enough after list, obviously listening to our last episode, Nevin brought Wes Agar back in for their last game, but it wasn't quite enough there. They just don't seem to be able to get two batters to fire in the same innings at the moment. So, you know, it's either Wells or, or Short seems to fire. Weatherald's been an absolute shadow of himself. Maybe he needs to go back up to Tracy Village in the NT and find his form again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I'm chips in uh, on the Hurricanes here. What are your thoughts, Nev? Yeah, definitely on the Hurricanes. They show that the other night with Benny McDermott up the, up the order that it works and yeah, if they're going to continue that form on for the rest of the season, they'll be tough to beat. Yeah, you want you on board as well, Barnsley? Yeah, well, I did catch a bit of like, especially Benny McDermott last year, where he kind of had that bit of a breakout sort of bash there, and I was surprised that they didn't put him up there earlier. Great, yeah. And obviously, like you know, Darcy Short, he again, he's either all in or he's all out, and they open with a bit of spin against him, and it just seems to seems to put him all out of whack like he needs that ball coming onto him and I think he's that real sort of confident sort of player so yeah moving him back down a bit and maybe to give him a bit of time to get himself ready um, if both open like you said if Wade and McDermott fire um, then sure, you know, if he gets out it doesn't really matter sort of thing like, yeah. but I think, I think Hurricanes I did watch um, that short from Adelaide Strikers the other day he, he went berserk and then got himself out on like fourth ball or something Yeah, um, he, he whacked he went like six six four. And got himself out. Yeah, yeah, he, he can he can play. There's no doubt about that. But as I said, like you know, they've got they've got a few there that can all play, but it just doesn't seem that they can string two of them together. So that's that's where the challenge is. So, um, moving on to the next game, and we're looking at the Heat and the Stars. Now, this one, interestingly enough, is fifth versus seventh. There's a lot of raps on the Stars at the start of the season, but they've probably been uh, one of the more disappointing performers. What are your thoughts on this one, Jake? No, mate, I've got not much input on this one here for you. Um, I'll chuck over to Nev. He's the man in the know. Oh, I wouldn't say I'm in the know. Um, but no, the Stars have been very disappointing. Again, and we saw that the other night with, with Stoyne and Maxi going quite cheaply. And you know, even Lenny not firing for the heat, it should be a very underwhelming battle at the bottom here. Yeah, look, I, I think the Stars are... They're, they're, Position on the table probably belies how well they've actually played in a couple of the games. They've lost a couple of games that they shouldn't have. And I just think with the players they've got there, they've got to fire at some point. And, you know, there's not a lot between these two. And this game will be key. I mean, a loss here could potentially see them sitting a good four or five points and more than a game, the Stars, outside the top five. Uh, so I just think that they'll be too strong. I think they'll they'll fire. I think the Heat are just going to be there and thereabouts and getting arm wrestles with a lot of teams. But, you know, if, if teams don't, have a crack, then they'll, they'll roll them over. But if anyone's, um, you know, having a decent lineup and and put it, putting it together, then they'll be able to. Um, then they'll, they'll, the heat will sort of crumble to them. So, and I expect that. I'm expecting a big one from Dre Russ here tonight, uh, tomorrow night, actually. So, uh, I think it might be one of his last games for the Stars. So, look for him to go out with a bang. I would think. Uh, that brings us to a wrap on the Big Bash and then we'll get into the bit and I know this is what Barnes has been chomping at the bit for, for having, oh. a, having a yarn about the Boxing Day test we're only, we're only a couple of hours away um, we're squeezing this one in and we'll, we'll have it up just before uh, the test gets underway uh, obviously Australia been absolutely dominating boys at 2-0 so far in the series uh, hasn't really been a contest so to speak of it's been you know a couple of sessions here or there where you go oh maybe no 
nothing from England. Let's, yeah. let, let's have a bit of a look, first of all, I guess, at the lineups, and, and we'll talk Australia first. Obviously, the big news coming out is is the fact that Scott Boland's come in. So, Barnsley, what are your thoughts on this one in terms of him coming in versus those bowlers already in the squad? Um, yeah, a bit of a bit of a left field sort of selection. Like, uh, obviously, Scotty Boland's got got wickets on the board, a bit of an MCG sort of sort of specialist. But um, I think the the word on the town was Nisa and Richo pulled up a bit sore. Um, definitely Richo, they said he was a bit sore. He bowled 30-odd overs in that second innings there um, last week. So I'm quite coming back from a shoulder rico not too long ago. Um, yeah, but it's very left-field selection. Like, Scotty Boland's name wasn't getting really thrown around when you were talking about, like, the initial sort of 15-man squad. But good on him. Um, hopefully he grabs his chance. I think he's second Indigenous player ever to represent Australia in a test match after Dizzy Gillespie. So I'm hoping he goes out there and has a, has a good old crack. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly um, great to see him come in. And as you say, that, that element of our, our cricket that, you know, is sometimes sort of not ignored, but it hasn't been as big of a focus as it is in other sports, the Indigenous participation. Um, yeah. As you said, second Indigenous test player in the men's, fourth Indigenous player overall to play um, test cricket for Australia too in the women's as well, Ashley Gardner, and the other one's name escapes me at the moment. But, um, yeah, as you said, he's an MCG specialist. I think it's the reason Harris has been given another lifeline as well. That's his home track. Oh. If he doesn't fire there, then, uh, you know, like you'd have to think, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, so we won't go into too much detail, but you'd have to think they go somewhere else for the remaining tests. Statistically, our worst opener in the history of test match cricket at the moment. That's a, that's I'm a, off him. It's a, it's a record. <laughs> it's crazy to think that he's kept his spot after all this when you've seen blokes. Brad Hodge got dropped after getting 200. Yeah. Matty, even like Matty Renshaw, he was averaging 33 or 35 after his 30-odd test, and he hasn't got a look back in since. And Harris is poking around a tick over 20 and has not looked like scoring any more than that. Um, I'm full off him. I just want my boy Kawaja back in. I'm on the Kawaja bandwagon with me. What about on Matty Renshaw? Do you reckon right now he's watching this series just going, shit, I should have played for England? <laughs> well, he, was, he, was, he was born over there, like just like mate, averaging thirty-five. He'd be their second best batsman. Mate, he'd be all right. It'd be Joe Root than him. Yeah, exactly. Like, jeez. Uh, anyway, that's just as a little side note. Now the English team. Now, now we put our heads together during the week, uh, Barnsley and the uh, the boys and I, and we sort of came up with each of our own respective sides. There's a bit of dissension around a few spots, uh, but the, the keys were we ha- we all had Hamid playing. Um, yep. we, we all had Root, Stokes, uh, then we had Bearstow coming in, uh, Butler. We all had Jimmy Anderson from memory. Then there's a few changes. Yep. Nev, Nev didn't want to play a spinner, but he kept Chris Wokes in the side. I also kept Chris Wokes in the side, but I put Chris Wokes in as an opener. As an opener? Well, he's, he's not much chop against spin. Realistically, all their openers have got to do, the ball swings, after, swings for the first 20 overs in Australia, right? So they've just got to serve the first 20 overs yeah. so that so that Milan and Root are coming in together yeah. around the 20 over mark. If, if one of them yeah. comes, if Milan comes in a bit before that, he comes in the 15th over. So you start doing the maths and, and working it back. You've got to see off 40 to 50 rocks. If you see off 40 to 50 rocks of pace, and we saw that Wokes could do that the other day when he batted with Butler. Yeah, so, he, he hung on well. And then as well, we know in MCG, not so much last year, but, but prior to that has, can be a bit of a lifeless pitch. Another bowler in your ranks is not going to hurt your cause. Yeah, exactly. Especially bowling uh-huh. against Marnus and Smithy. So, yeah, the, the boys are in form there. And, um, mate, the, anyone else they got waiting in the wings is just as shit house as 
as Burns is, and we know that blokes called Burns are not good test batters in Australian conditions. <laughs> no, he's got too much going on there, Rory Burns. He's got he's all over the shop. Like, um, yeah, I think Hamid he definitely needs to stay there. He hasn't looked too bad, um, but I guess there's a lot of pressure on him when you when you're opening with Rory Burns, and that's in your mind. I think that probably plays a bit of a part on that. I think um, obviously England have made their changes. It's good to see Mark Wood. Back in, I think he gives them he gives them a bit of difference in attack with a bit more pace. Yep. Um, I'm torn with what they do with their spinning options when your number one spinner that you brought out is Jack Leach, um, and you don't get much out of him. Yeah, like Milan's leggies, and then Ollie Robinson is your third pace bowler. His offies look better than Jack Leach's. Yeah, I was I was, day, I was a fan of bringing in Dom Bess. Um, he is diamonds and dust, but. The other thing he does is he shores up their batting. Like he bats six in county cricket, so yeah. you know, like at the end of the day, that you know, at least if they bring him in, especially if they're letting Wokes out, that that might have been the option. But yeah, um, just back to Rory Burns for a second. Does anyone reckon if he actually go to his shit haircut, it might help his batting? Definitely. That is a horrific haircut. I mean, you know, there's not too many great lids on this show, but jeez. <laughs> you say you're in no position to be talking about other people's hair, mate. <laughs> mate, it says, it says you who gave yourself a mullet during lockdown. Jesus. Yeah, there's, nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you didn't see it. <laughs> oh, All for a good cause, mate. All for a good cause. I didn't see it. Oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's certainly going to be, like, I don't know whether they're, we're still a little bit, we're still about an hour and 15 away, so they haven't named their 11 as of yet. But it'd be interesting to see what they finalise down with with that pace attack. As you say, Barnsley, I think Wood what? coming back in is a, a good option. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm seeing here is Burns, Pope, Broad and Wokes have made way for Crawley, Bairstow, Wood and Leach. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't be having Crawley. He averages 11 in, in Test cricket in the last 12 months. Yeah, so. I don't think... I think, mate, could they, could they open with Johnny Bairstow? They possibly could. Do, I, I, even, I haven't wondered even, about... Even, Josh, even Butler. Yeah, I think we, we talked about this during the week about Butler opening, but I think the challenge with Butler opening is you lose that... He he has that Travis head, and you know I don't want to put them really in that same, in the same conversation, but that Adam Gilchrist ability, the way he can bat he can fast take to take the game away from, from someone. Um, so yeah. I think I think you know it's kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul, putting someone else in there. Like you just need to find someone who can take the shine off the ball, and even Bears yeah. probably wasting him a little bit there. But yeah, it's not the worst. But you don't want to use Milan or Root because you want them to have that twenty to fifty over window where the ball doesn't swing. And that's where yeah, I, well, they're, they're they're definitely their two best batters, and they're the ones that have looked. The most solid. Every time they've come in, they've both got to start. So the funny thing about Milan is that they they only like him in Australian conditions. They don't like him anywhere else. I was like, he's the first international batsman to ever have that problem. Well, he doesn't play. <laughs> he doesn't play in the home test very often. For him, like, yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird world. But mm-hmm. yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see um, how that batting lineup takes shape and whether Crawley can offer something. He's had plenty of practice. He's been over here and played a few um, Sydney grade summers. He actually. I was yeah. doing some commentary a few years ago here in the in the local T20 in Newcastle, Barnes, and he's pl- he played as a guest player in that. I'll tell you what, yeah. he can field, I'll give him that much, like absolute lightning in the outfield, great hands, um, looked really good in that level, but, you know, we're talking, you know, three steps up from Newcastle District T20 to um, Test Cricket, but he's got the ability and they seem to think that, you know, the, the Australian conditions will suit him better, but I guess we'll see this, hopefully, yeah. hopefully see this morning, hopefully uh, they have a bat and we can have a look at them. Yeah, he's had seven tests in 2021 for an outstanding 156 runs at an average of 11.14. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I reckon that, that um, some of our 9s and 10s would have better batting averages than him right now for the for the year. So, yeah, well, Nice has nice got more runs than him. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, Travis had got more runs than him in one innings. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's um it's not looking good for the English, and I don't know where else they turn. All that Smithy and I were um sort of just hypothesising the English side you could pick out of the Big Bash at the moment. I reckon it go close to rolling their Test side. Yeah, like that's. Do you think can they do that? Hales, Vince, Billings, you know these sorts of guys that uh, Clark, the wicketkeeper that that scored top scored for the Stars the other night. Um, and then we, we threw Vince, in a couple of Vince others. Vince was in the test team last time they came out here, wasn't he? Who was that? Vince, yeah. Was Vince in the test yeah, team yeah, last they've, time they've, they they've, came out? They've, they've, they've really pigeonholed him and Hales as white ballers. So, But, you know, and then you've got Saqib Mahmood and some of these guys at Topley bowling as well. So, I mean, their bowling attack's not not horrible at the moment. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just don't know where, where they find. Spin seems to be a big question mark. They left that Matt Parkinson at home, but... It's a, it's an interesting one, but let, let's get into I guess our predictions, boys. And and Jake, mate, you're on the lead here. So what's going to be the result? Give us a, give us a margin of victory, or you know a bit of a bit of mate, a synopsis of a result. I think if we bat first, if we bat first, we're a good chance of, of winning by an innings or something like that. If we bat first, I think we're gonna we're gonna put on a big a big score. Um, maybe maybe bowl them out cheaply. Um, forced to follow on. Um, I'm thinking we're probably we'll probably have to bat twice, but I reckon we'll have an eight or nine wicket win. Um, I think we're going to put about if we bat first. I reckon we'll put 500 on them, and it, it'll just all be downhill from there. It's interesting. I think it was paying about 12 or 13 dollars for us to win by an innings. Um, so there's some some value about there, but yeah, I I, I don't I, don't, I, don't, I don't, don't know whether we'll make. Out. I don't know whether yeah. we'll make them follow on. I think we're still we're still gun shy from twenty something years ago, like because of that game with yeah. you know. I mean, and, and to be fair, they their team obviously lines up. You know, as a team with Dravid and Laxman and Tendulkar and all these people, pretty similar yeah. to the current English batting lineup, right? <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> much so. Um, yeah, I just don't think we'll follow on if we get in that position, just because you know MCG sometimes it's not the greatest to bowl on, and if you go back to back trying to get twenty wickets out in. In two and a half days, it can be a bit of a strain. And obviously, you've got Boland coming in for his first test as well. Um, yeah, if we if they bat first, I think a lot of it will yeah will come down to what they put on. But if we if we can somehow manage to jag them out because they're not in good form and get them out for that two fifty even three hundred, I think is a poor score if they bat first. Um, we're still we're still well within our rights to go out of our first innings and probably put on four fifty and that hundred and fifty run lead would be. A pretty enough pressure, I think, yeah. on them that we'd might only have to go out and get a hundred or something on on the last day or fourth fourth afternoon sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think we'll see a very similar sort of uh, you know that chasing high two to, to low three digits as, as the the final tally if we're chasing at the end. Um, what are your thoughts, Nev? What, what are you what are you tipping, mate? You know, an, an English upset by an innings and six hundred runs. No, I'm not that left of field today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if um. Yeah, Australia probably to win by you'd say probably two fifty, three hundred runs, or if we've got to come in and chase in the last uh, in the last innings, probably win by you know seven to eight wickets quite comfortably. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit more aggressive than you, but probably not quite as aggressive as Jake. I'm going to go around the the three thirty plus runs, uh, or by nine or ten wickets. So if we're chasing late, we'll get either one or none down, especially if we send. Uh, 
Alex Carey in to just swing his willow like he's got a hot date on that night. Jeez. Um, <laughs> or to go run for everything. Yeah, exactly, mate. You just, you just got to have We're a crack, We're not playing mate. baseball, mate. Playing T20. <laughs> playing T20. Hit and run in the backyard. He was getting ready for Christmas. Sorting Anna out. He's, he's, he's looked good, big Carey. He has looked good. Uh, he's come a long way from being uh, the GWS Giants kneeful captain playing against the NT Thunder, the Rioli boys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess so. We've, we've all put our results down. Now what I want to see is, and we're talking first innings here, uh, the high bats for each team um, and the most wickets uh, f- over the match for, for each team. So I'll, I'll go first. We'll do the high, fire through the high bats first. Um, I'm going to go really you know, left field here and say smudge in the first innings. And in terms of the English, I am again going to go really left field. So I've got I've got one to hold up my sleeve for the bold predictions, and I'll go Milan. What about you, Barnsey? Um, I was going to go Milan for my English yep. uh, high bat. I think he's doing all right. Um, if we open, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the house on Warner. If we if we go first, if we bat first, I reckon Warner's going to capitalise. He's he's due. He hasn't quite got there, but I'm I'm thinking him for maybe a one fifty plus. Yeah, right. It'd be good to see one of our openers. We haven't we haven't really seen him really go on. He's got a couple of nineties, which has mm-hmm. um, been a bit disappointing. It's, it's always an interesting phenomenon for me. Like I, I get the you know the thing of the century too, but you know, like bloke gets out for ninety nine. Everyone, you know, if a bloke got five ninety nines and everyone would be like, oh, you know, you're so close. But if a bloke got you know six, one hundred and ten, seven, one hundred and ten, and twelve, everyone would be like, oh, you got two centuries. How good are you going? Yeah, the one bloke's averaging yeah. ninety nine. The other bloke's averaging about 40. Like, mm. it's, a, it's an interesting one, just having that arbitrary line in the sand anyway. Nev, what about you, mate? Who you got? Uh, I, I know you're good for left field. Like Last test, you picked someone who didn't play. So what do we got this time? <laughs> no, nah, I'll be... Um, Scott Barland? No, nah, back in minus for high bat for Australia. Um, and, yeah, Dawood Milan for England as well. All right, so Dawood Milan's about a million to one because all, we're all on him. Um, he's not. He's definitely not going to win now. We apologise, Darwin, when you you know chop on <laughs> on the first rock. Um, yeah. All right. What, what about what about our uh, our most wickets? I'm uh, I'm going to throw out there, and uh, just because I love the, I love the story of it, I'd love to see Scotty Bowling. So I'm going to throw it out to Scotty Bowling. He's going to pick up a bunch in the second innings, I reckon, Jai Richardson style. Um, and for the English, geez, I'm going to go Jimmy Anderson again. Good story, mate. The blokes, you know the most prolific wicket-taker in English Test cricket history. So let's see him add a few more and uh, add some more reasons that we don't like him. What about you, Nev? You can, you can take up next. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, you know, Nathan Lyon for Australia, even though I didn't put an English spinner in my lineup the other day. Um, and then, yeah, Jimmy Anderson for England as well. Uh, I reckon Cummins is going to come back in um, with a little, little point to prove. Even though he doesn't have much to prove, but he'll, I reckon he'll be good for a couple. And I reckon maybe Ollie Robinson's bowled very um, unluckily. He's been probably their pick of the bowler, I reckon. I think he or Mark Wood maybe with that bit of extra pace might and a bit of bounce, he might be that point of difference. Same thing, he bowled well in that first test. Um, but I don't know how many overs he'll punch out. I'll go Ollie Robinson maybe to get six or seven for the match. Ollie Robinson. He might bowl some offies, he might bowl some offies too. I was going to say, he picks up a couple of these offies late in the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, I, I was chomping at the bit with the boys just saying that we, they needed to bowl Darwin Milan. 
the other way, like in the last test, and then all of a sudden he comes out, knocks over a pole, and I was like, I've been telling you, they yeah. should have bowled him more. He didn't look too bad. And he's he's when he's a bit like Marnas. I think when he's on, he's on. He's you know a bit of an energy, you know, confidence player. But yeah. anyway, he, he might high bat and, and take the most wickets. They need something. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we're going to go around the room. One bold prediction for the test. Nevi, I know you're going to have something good for me, so I'm going to let you kick this off. Oh, geez. I'm going to say, and I really hope this doesn't come true, but smudge to get a duck in the Boxing Day test. Ooh. All right. That's that's not too bad. Yeah, like, you know, when, when, when we're, you know, Two, two for 110 chasing 120 and he comes out to try and slog, slog sweep for the win. That's all right. I can cop that. What about you, Barnsley? Bold prediction. I don't know if it's bold. I reckon Alex Carey is – he's a chance of maybe getting a ton. Just I think he might come out and just, just send it. But I reckon he's going to get maybe 10 or 12 dismissals. I think there might be a fair bit of just – Straight up and down bowling, and he might he might take a few behind the stumps. So maybe Alex Carey to get 10, 10 plus catches. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I think I think he'd be a decent price for a century, and and not not the worst if he's if he's got you know Travis Head or someone batting with him for a while there, and he can really up the ante. Uh, mine is actually going to be another bloke down in the order to well, first of all, top score, and that is Johnny Bearstow, the top score for the Poms. But I'm also I'm also uh, not minding the prices around about him to get a hundred, to break that that uh, challenge of the uh, English getting a hundred. If he can get in with you know Joe Root or someone for a little while, start to build a bit, and then we've seen that they've got a couple of blokes down in the in their tail that can you know they're not going to do what a Stark or a Cummins does where they you know peel off a bunch of runs really quickly, but they'll just hold down an end, face one or two rocks and over, mm-hmm. so that the bloke at the other end can harvest a strike and keep building some runs. That might be it. it. It might just be enough to steer him towards, you know, the triple figures. So you can get some pretty juicy prices about. Well, you can get juicy prices just about anyone in England scoring a hundred these days. So, yeah, that's that, that's my tip there. Um, now, to be remiss of us, obviously the main Boxing Day test is obviously Australia versus England. But for those absolute cricket nuffies amongst us, there's also a Boxing Day test kicking off at about seven o'clock tonight, and that is South Africa versus India. Uh, we're not going to go too in depth into the players and selections and things here, but what we will do is. Just get a tip, boys. Um, obviously, South Africa, not the side they once were. Um, you wouldn't even rec- you know, the average cricket fan wouldn't recognise half their side. Probably couldn't name who their captain is. Um, but certainly, this one will be, it'll be reasonably evenly matched looking at the lineups and the prices. But India go in slight favourites. I think the draw is actually a little bit shorter than anything. So, um, all three options are a genuine possibility, which is not something we can say about our test matches. <laughs> Seems to be the way to go at the moment. What do you reckon? Um, I'm, I'm going to be backing South Africa in this test purely just based on the amount of cricket that India's played this year between test matches, two legs of the IPL, and the 2020 World Cup, uh, T20 World Cup. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. India have never had a great record in South Africa either. So, you know, it's, I mean, they've never had a great record in Australia before, last two are here either. So, um, they're obviously a very different side. They've now got pace bowlers, and South Africa is probably the most comparable um, conditions to Australia, I would think, um, in terms of what you're looking at. But just smaller ground, so be interesting to see. Um, what are your thoughts, Barnsley? You got uh, any any tips? Yeah, look, I'm going to go with South Africa to get the win purely because of my uh, dislike for the Indian Test team. Um, not not a massive fan of of, of them. Um, 
But yeah, like I said, like you said, um, South Africa's pretty similar sort of conditions to Australia. Um, if there's a bit of bounce there, and the South African bowlers can, can get a bit of bit of heat going and get it up around the nose, maybe they'll get a few cheap cheap wickets. Um, but purely just because of my dislike for India. Yeah, I think I'm with you on the dislike for India, and I also know, mate, um, you're a big fan of South Africa because you do love to cock. You've only brought me on because you had that joke penciled in, I reckon. Well, I was going to use it on Nev, but Nev I think. 45 minutes waiting to throw that out. Uh, ne- ne- Nev's, Nev's copped a lot lately, so. Uh, oh, it's I thought, not, it's thought not the first time. Uh, uh, the, the big thing for me, though, is I'm going to tip India, and that's purely. Kagiso Rabada is now the lead of South Africa's attack. Last time India toured South Africa, Kagiso Rabada was their fourth choice bowler behind a couple of blokes you might have heard of. Stain, Philander, and Mornay Morkel. So that's, that's a big change in attacks. You also allow that, you know, they don't have the batting lineup they once did. You know, the, the leaders of this attack, of the batting attack, are going to be, you know, Rassi van der Dussen, Dean Elgar, these sorts of guys. So they're not exactly household names over here. Whereas obviously India, you know, KL Rahul, Pajara, Kohli, Rahane, you know, and of course the uh, ever eloquent Mr. Rishabh Pant behind the stumps, who's just an absolute character. Um, then you throw in their pace, attack of Shami, Bumrah, and either Siraj or Sharma. So they're starting to get it. So I don't think it'll be a, a blowout, but I certainly think it might be. We might see India win this one uh, there in that uh, in, in South Africa and and set themselves up to to maybe take out a Test series victory. So look, at the end of the day, the great thing is you can tune in from the, to the cricket today from you know in about half an hour's time, about ten o'clock Eastern. Watch the pregame coverage. Watch our test from ten thirty. Have the big bash on one screen through till about midnight, then follow through for another four hours and watch some more cricket if you're an absolute sicko like most of us are on this podcast. It's beautiful because it's also the start of that week between Christmas and New Year's where you just don't have to do anything and you don't have to know what day it is. You don't have to do any chores. You don't even have to move off the couch if you don't want to. No, well, that's it, mate. And if, you know, if you weren't in crocodile territory, you'd be able to do what we do and go and get a quick swim in at the beach in the morning to get it all started like I did this morning. But, uh, mate. You'd, we have, have, you'd have a pool, wouldn't you, out at the mansion at uh, out in r- rural Darwin? Out, out in rural Beast Creek. We have been nothing but rain for the last two days, eh? Yeah. It's actually lightened up a little bit this morning, but we're in proper proper monsoon. Big lows come through, so it's pretty much just bunker down and, and enjoy. You don't even have to have the air cons going through the day at the moment. It's that nice. I was going to say, the, the, good, the good news is, too, uh, in this day and age, because I can remember the, the bane of my existence used to be living in Darwin, when, the, when the, the heavy rain had come, the Fox Hill signal would wash out and you'd just be like sitting there just going, oh, no, joys of KO on the internet, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's all good. Aussie Broadband's got us covered, mate. Uh, excellent. Sorry, who? <laughs> <laughs> when, when, you live, when you live a bit rural, mate, you've got you to branch out. The, thing. the ADSL2 only, only goes so far. Uh, excellent. So, so Barnsley, back to uh, now that we've wrapped up the cricket. Back to your pod, mate. When, when's the next episode due out of uh, the match review committee? When are we going to hear the dulcet tones of Crawf and Travers? Accompanying uh, right. Um, we're having we're having a week off um, this week. Um, yep. We're just we're traditionally out every Wednesday. Um, Crawfy's birthday is on the twenty seventh, so it's tomorrow. So we'll probably catch up for that. But yeah, having the week off, and then we'll get back started in the new year. I think so. That'll be. I think it's the 5th of January. We'll catch back up and, and go through, you know, what has been and all those, you know, great sporting moments that we might have missed over a week. So oh, There'll be plenty by then, hopefully. Plenty of Aussie great sporting moments, we're hoping. And, uh, mate, you'll be day one of the Sydney Test by the sound of it. So that'll be that'll be perfect. 
And even if there isn't any great sporting moments, Trav and Corf will just do their normal sort of dribble. So I'm make, sure we'll make be something out, a few yeah. yarns. <laughs> this this, this is why you're a perfect alignment for coming on here and talking our dribble with us, mate. But um, no, excellent. We appreciate that. Uh, before we do wrap up, the one thing I did want to mention, and Nev, I know you're across this, but um, we're looking in 2022, we're going to, with the Mad Sports fans, try and launch some uh, little, uh, I was going to call them getaways. I don't think getaways are the right term, Nev, but little... Uh, little day trips or weekends away to get to some sporting events. The first one we've got lined up and we're going to put something up on the socials is uh, around some expressions of interest is the World Darts Masters, I think it's called, that's coming out to Wollongong. Um, so Nev's man MVG will be out here. Um, yeah, Price, uh, all, of the, all of the guns, the wizard Simon Whitlock. So um, we're having a look. We'll put some rough costings up as well. I think it's about... I think we're looking about 200 bucks to get the corporate tickets up front with the, the booze and the food package. So anyone that's listening and is interested, flick a message to the page. It'll certainly be a, uh, a loose day or two in Wollongong. And, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get some others. If there's other events that you want to get around, then let us know as well because we're happy to try and organise some group ones and get a few people out and about and COVID willing, of course, Nev. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the uh, <laughs> could be the biggest setback is COVID with a, with the, the next letter of the Greek alphabet coming out next year, not Omicron, it could be something else. Uh, well, I just I just hope they don't call it pie because you'll be trying to catch it intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But uh, yeah, yeah that's uh, the, the the darts has been uh, it's been canned twice already. Uh, Smithy was telling us he had tickets, it's been, and uh, got postponed twice, and they eventually refunded him. So, hence our motivation What's today. The, What's the date for the darts? What is it in January or something? Uh, or, or? It's like August. It's well into the year. Ooh. Uh, Cameron, Cameron's only wanting to go because he's a functioning alcoholic. Not surely surely it's in June, July, and it's in the school holidays. No, it's the 20th of August. I think oh. New South Wales Darts Masters. That's about week three of term three, I reckon. Yes. Maybe week four. So you're, you're, you're not, you're not yeah. skiving out of holidays to come down for that, out of school to come oh, down. Oh, who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Barnsley, just organise an excursion, mate. <laughs> I could do it. Yes, well, yes, well, PE, well within my right to run darts for a term, eh? Biomechanical analysis. Mate, that's all right. You'd be all right at your school. Some of the other teachers we know out there, some of the schools they're operating in, mate, um, I don't know about if, they, if they're allowed to have darts at their schools. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're generally pretty safe, but you, you never know. Like, you've still got still to keep your eyes on the prize, I guess. But, yeah, other, other school teachers we know of, maybe not so much. <laughs> we won't mention any names. All right, boys. Well, 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 thank you, Jake, for coming on, mate. We appreciate you jumping in, seeing Smithy was, you know, out living the high life on a boat, you know, I think out with T-Pain and the Lonely Island or something, Nev. Uh, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the nah. lonely boat man himself. Uh, <laughs> nah, it's a pleasure, mate. Thanks for the invite. Always, always good to come on and, and spin a yarn about a bit of sports and all that. So if you ever down a man and you, and you need some high-quality opinion, you know where to find me. Yeah, we'll try Mal. We'll try... Um, no, we won't try Aaron. But <laughs> I've, got, I've got to text Dad and say that the dog ate that plant, mate. It's not uh, going to go down. I was going to say, Mal's not going to be happy. Dear, dear. He's not. But again, again, guys, make sure you check out uh, the Match Review Committee uh, on Facebook and, and jump in there and have a listen to one of their pods. And then yeah, if, if you enjoy it, get into their friends of. There's some good banter going on in there as well. Uh, the more the merrier. And thanks for everyone that's got behind us so far. Keep on sharing and listening. Thank you, Nev. Boys, go and enjoy your Boxing Day, a.k.a. Sportsmas, as I'm trying to rebrand it. And, uh, yeah, drink, be merry, have a good time, be safe, boys, and uh, everyone listening. And uh, we'll catch you in a few days. Cheers, Cheers Macker. Enjoy the dual screen sport. <laughs>